Everybody got their Bibles this morning? Turn your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1 for our thoughts. Chapter 1. Get there. Please stand. And our text is going to begin with verse 21. Mark 1 and 21. And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. They were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone, what have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed, insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What? thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commanded he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you again for this opportunity. And Lord, I thank you for this privilege of being in your house with your people. Lord, I pray that you'll bless the breaking of the bread of life. Give me the words to say. Bring to my memory those things I've studied and you've laid upon my heart to feed your sheep. Lord, if there's one here today that knows you not and free pardon of sin, I pray, Father, before service is finished during the invitation, they'll respond by the Holy Spirit. And kneel before the cross and receive salvation before it's eternally too late. Heard the prayer requests, spoken and unspoken. Lord, just do as you see fit. Again, Lord, bring to my memory those things I've studied. May your people be fed. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Please be seated. Now... If you start in the book of Mark chapter 1, you'll find several things there. But for the sake of time, we won't go through everything. But right before we got to our text, the Lord has just called who? Andrew and James and John and Simon to come follow him. He will make them fishers of men. And the Bible says they dropped their nets and they followed him. But notice the Lord called them and they responded to the call. My question to you is have you responded to the call of salvation? Does everybody here know Jesus as their personal Savior? I'm not talking about know about Jesus. There's many in the world know all about Jesus. But they don't know him in salvation in a personal relationship. Secondly, 
He called them. They responded by dropping their nets and following him. So you and I have not only been called to salvation, but we've also been called to service. Amen. And what I find amazing is they didn't hesitate. They dropped everything to follow him. Isn't it amazing how we hesitate when it comes to the call of God? Isn't it amazing we always have something else to do, more important that we think to do, than to simply do what God calls us to do? It would be, it would behoove us if we would just obey the Lord when he speaks. Amen? Now we come to the Lord. Now, he's headed to Capernaum. Capernaum was his, uh, oh, what's the word I want to use? What do you say, Lorianne? That'll work. His base. That's where he went, his home base. So notice what it says in 21, and they went into Capernaum. And by the way, who lived in Capernaum? Where is Capernaum? It's in Galilee. But who lived there? Simon. Peter. That's right. He lived there. So as they go in, did you notice what it said? And then straightway on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue and taught. Now some would say, well, Brother John, any good Jew, it being the Sabbath, is going to go to the synagogue. Yeah, but we're talking about God manifested in the flesh himself. Notice that he had a desire to go to the synagogue. He had a desire to go to church. What did they do in the synagogue? Well, they were supposed to teach the word of God, correct? So Christ sets the example by going into the synagogue to, one, teach the word of God, and two, to worship the Lord. He sets a, an example, doesn't he? If he was compelled to go to the house of God where the word of God is taught and where he can worship God with his people, then shouldn't you and I be compelled to study the word of God and to go to God's house when the doors are open so that we might learn from God's word and worship God? God in his house with his people. It shouldn't be pulling teeth. Amen? And that's what we find today. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. Today, since we've had this outbreak of COVID, it's the biggest excuse there is for people not coming back to the house of God. Oh, I'm afraid I'll get it. Listen, if you're a born-again child of God and you're going to come and worship God in spirit and in truth, believe me, He is going to provide protection for you. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't take precautions. Why do you think we have hand soap, bacteria, soap and all of that stuff, hand sanitizer, that's the word I'm looking for. I'm not saying we can't wear masks. That's fine. That's precautions. But, Listen, if you're coming to honor God, he's going to watch out for you. And can I say this? If you get it and you're get, you get called home, 
big deal is right, Brother Terry. Hey, you're where I want to go. I'm angry because you beat me there. Amen? Can't scare me with heaven. But again, Jesus sets an example. He goes into Capernaum with who? Those four in his inner circle that he's just called, and they go to the synagogue. Now, I like the next verse because it says, He entered under the synagogue, and what did he do? He taught, and they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. So the Lord purposefully goes into the synagogue, and he starts to teach. And the Bible says that the people were astonished at his doctrine. Because he didn't teach as the scribes. Understand this. First of all, the Bible tells us in John that he is the living word. He is the word incarnate. The Bible tells us if anybody knows his word, it's the Lord. It wasn't some new doctrine. It was God's word. And notice they were astonished because he didn't teach as the scribes. He didn't teach as anybody else in the synagogue at that time. The custom was this. The scribe would get up and he would lead a prayer. And then after the prayer, he would read a psalm. And after he read the psalm, then the priest would get up and he would teach about a rabbi's teaching years ago. And I'll be quite honest, that probably had to have been one of the most boring things to just sit there because it was tradition. It's just the way you did it. But when Jesus came into the synagogue and he began to teach the word of God, they were astonished. They were amazed. Oh my goodness, we haven't heard this before. Oh, they had. They just hadn't seen the word of God revealed like it was revealed back then. Can I say something to us preachers and us Sunday school teachers? We have the written word. This is God's word. You and I don't need to prop it up with somebody's opinion from a commentary. We shouldn't depend on someone else's ideas, but we just need to preach this book. It will preach itself, and it is God's truth. When I show up here and I deliver a message to you, I shouldn't deliver my preferences or what I think I had better deliver God's Holy word to you. Because the word of God speaks for itself. It doesn't need me to prop it up. And they were amazed. Because usually, again, the scribes would get up and they would just say, Well, Rabbi so-and-so taught this lesson out of the Torah. And they would just go over what he taught. It wasn't anything but tradition. 
and the law. And that's all they heard over and over. And let me just say something about the law. Why was the law given? To point men to Christ. It wasn't given to save anyone. Listen, by keeping the law, you were working for salvation. And we are not saved by the law. We're saved by grace through faith. Okay? All the law was given for was to point men to the need for Christ. But the Jews then took it to heart. The only way they can appease God, the only way God can allow them to have a relationship with Him was they had to perform the law to the degree. And here's the problem with that. could never be obtained. No one could ever keep the law. Except the one that went into the synagogue in Capernaum. God's only begotten son. Why? Because he has authority. Amen? Now, notice what it says. They were astonished at his doctrine... For he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. Now notice verse 23. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean, unclean spirit and he cried out. Now an unclean spirit is a person that is demon possessed. How many of you believe in demon possession? Are there demons today? Yeah. Who are these demons? They're fallen angels. Okay. But let me say this. If you're truly a born again child of God, you don't have to worry about being demon possessed. Because a demon can't kick Jesus out of the house. When you are saved, the Holy Spirit indwells you. And there's no way a demon is going to kick Jesus out of the house. When you see these silly movies and TV shows where they show this demon possession and, you know, they show a priest or they show a preacher or, or somebody religious and they're demon possessed, that's hooey fooey. If they're truly saved, that ain't going to happen. Amen? But here's a man in the synagogue that is possessed by a demon, an unclean spirit. And the Bible says it cried out. Well, I wonder why. He didn't want to hear what Jesus had to say. Amen? And that's just like when we come to church. Do you think the devil's going to sit back and let the word of God and the truth of God sink into our hearts and our minds? No, he's going to do everything in his power to disrupt. Because that's what he does. And you see it all the time. And I'll get in trouble... We have a nursery, praise the Lord. We have children's chapel, praise the Lord. But don't think for a second the devil won't use a child when the word of God is being proclaimed. Don't think for a second he won't use a child when an invitation is given. Child will start to cry or act up. Now, why do we have children's chapel here? Parents, what? To train them up how to behave in the house of God. To learn 
how to behave in the house of God. That's why we have it. And thank God we have it. I know some churches that don't have it, and it's hard to preach. And you have to out-yell a child. It's hard to preach when that child's running up and down the aisle, and you're trying to share the gospel. But here's the man that is possessed. Notice what it says. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee, who thou art, the Holy One of God. Now here is a man with an unclean spirit. He cries out and he doesn't like what Jesus is saying and teaching. And he doesn't want the truth to come out. In fact, I'm sure when Jesus spoke, I imagine it probably did bother him. Because after all, who was he representing? He was representing the domain of Satan. And here, the Holy Son of God is there preaching in the synagogue. So naturally, it's bothering him. But did you notice something in verse 24? Notice what it says. Saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee, who thou art, the Holy One of God. Did you notice that that demon himself knew who Jesus was, knew his deity, claimed that he is the Son of the living God. He is the Christ. He is God incarnate. He knew. But the sad thing is today there's many that don't know. And I'll say it. Many don't want to know. They don't want the Lord to be over them. They don't want his salvation. They don't like the idea of him having authority over them. But the picture is this. Jesus not only had the authority with his word and teaching there in the synagogue, but he also showed that he had the authority over the devil and his dominion. And he still has authority over the devil. Listen, the devil knows his time is short. He knows that Bible better than me and you. He knows eventually he will be cast into hell and he will be there forever and forever and that's the end of the story. He knows. But Christ is showing his dominion over Satan. His authority over. You say, well, Brother John, what does that have to do with anything? 
I tell you what it has to do. Do with it. You see, there is nothing on earth or in humanity or creation in itself that God does not have authority and power and dominion over. And what that shows me and tells me, no matter what I will ever face in this life, guess what? The Lord will see me through because he has dominion and authority over everything. There's nothing going to take me by surprise as long as I trust him and I follow him. You see, here's a man that's possessed. And he didn't have the power to do anything about it. Can I tell you this morning, none of us have had the power to deliver ourselves from sin and bondage. But it's through Christ and his authority and his power and his deliverance on the cross of Calvary that you and I can be delivered. And this man is demon-possessed. And I'm sure everybody in the synagogue is looking at this guy because I'm sure he's rolling on the floor and looking like something they'd never seen before. And by the way, FYI, this isn't the first time the Lord dealt with a demon and it won't be the last. Notice what it says. Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus, son of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? (laughs) Yeah. He knew who the Lord was. I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. All the demons of hell know exactly who Jesus Christ is. And Jesus rebuked him saying, hold thy peace and come out of him. Jesus rebuked him. Hold your peace and come out of him. He didn't say it two or three times like you see in the movies. He only had to speak it once and that demon had to come out of him. Let me throw in. If we come to Christ and we come in repentance and in faith, faith asking him to forgive us and to save us, guess what? He only has to save us once. He only has to receive us once. But you better come according to his will and according to his word. More and more. I see such false teaching out there. I see folks telling you they don't believe in the deity of Christ. Well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, they can claim they're a Christian all they want to, but if they don't recognize Jesus as God, I doubt their salvation. I don't think they're saved. You've got to recognize Christ for who he is. There are those out there that will deny the Trinity. Hello? You see them coming, knocking on the door in a carload. Oh, it's the Jehovah Witnesses. They deny the Trinity. You want to freak them out? Go to Genesis, you know where, and then go get an egg out of the refrigerator and say, what is this? Well, it's an egg. Okay, but isn't it made up in three parts? Well, there's a 
outer shell, there's a membrane, and there's the yolk. But it's what? An egg. Same thing with the Trinity of God. They just turn and get in the car, and they leave, and they mark your address off. They won't mess with you. But my point is, you hear this stuff all the time. They don't want to recognize. They claim they love the Lord. They claim that he's their Savior and he's their all. But they don't recognize his authority. They don't recognize his dominion. They don't recognize him for who he is. And here, a demon, an unclean spirit, knew exactly who Jesus was. Now, notice, and Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. Yeah, Jesus spoke, and that demon had to come out. Why? Because the Lord has dominion and authority. Over Satan and every demon. He has that. And then look at the next verse. I kind of like this. And they were all amazed. Insomuch that they questioned among themselves saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits. And they do obey him. Understand, when Jesus presented himself in the synagogue, he wasn't some scribe. He wasn't some Pharisee. He was unique in the fact that he he was God manifested in the flesh that came into the world to die on the cross to redeem us sinners. And he came to proclaim his authority and dominion. I can remember a time when I was in bondage to sin. How about you? And I can remember a time when Jesus delivered me out of that slave market of sin and redeemed me. You see, he's unique. There is none like him. No one on earth compares to him. There's a song we sing. I know it's in the red book, but I can't remember the number. But the chorus goes, How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is Jesus' love for me. I can't sing. I can't help it. Thank you. But understand that. That's true. There's no one like him. And how marvelous is his love for you and for me. I don't understand it. I scratch my head. Why does he love me? Why would he do what he did for me? Why would he do that for you? Because he loves us. 
And when he came to earth, there was one mission and one mission only. And that was to redeem and reconcile us to God. I'm thankful. How about you? He is wonderful. He is marvelous. He is unique. There is none like him or never shall be. Anyone come behind him. I pray you understand that. Now, notice what it says. Here's a man. The Lord delivers him from being possessed. The people are astonished. They're amazed. They're looking at this. They probably hadn't seen this before. See, back then when a person had a demon or unclean spirit... People thought that, well, the reason, it's not that they were demon-possessed, but they had a mental issue. They were that away because they had issues physically and mentally. No, they were possessed. So this is one of the first times in the synagogue they see this guy. Can you imagine what happened when he was delivered from the unclean spirit? Can you imagine him standing up? In his right mind. And the people looking at him said, he's one of us. He's just like us. Now, think about that. Yeah, I could imagine them being astonished, amazed. And notice what happened. And immediately, his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. As soon as services were over in the synagogue, those people couldn't wait to get out there and declare what they had heard and seen. Didn't have to pull their teeth to get them To tell others about Jesus. I wonder this morning, why is it we've seen the Lord move in a sinner's heart? We've seen that old hard heart of sin softened and made new because of the gospel and the Lord's touch of salvation. We've seen it with our own eyes. We've seen the movement of God. And yet we act as if nothing to it. We're not willing to share what we know with those who do not know the Lord. Shame on us, church. That's the problem with the modern church today. We know how unique Christ is. We know what he does and what he has done and what he is doing in lives. But yet, for whatever reason, we just can't break down and say, hey, he's my savior and let me tell you what he's done for me. But we have no problem talking about that buck that we just shot at and missed or how many fish we caught. Or what the score was in the college football playoff for the national championship. But we can't share Christ. 
God, forgive us. If ever was a time and a need, it's now. This world needs Jesus. This country needs Jesus. You see, they couldn't keep quiet about it. I'm sure they were excited. You won't believe what happened at church today. I've been to church every Sabbath. I make sure I'm there, but I ain't never seen nothing like this before. What? What went on? Let me ask you a question. Now, I know there's going to be times we're going to miss church. We're going to be sick or we might have to work. Might be out of town. I understand that. God understands it. But have you ever noticed when you do miss church, something always good happens when you're not there? Maybe it's because <laughs> you're here, nothing happens good. Uh oh, what'd I say? Maybe you need to leave town or go to work so something good can happen because maybe your heart's not right with God and you're hindering. God's spirit moving. Can that happen? But every time, I've always been out of church for whatever reason. When I say out of church, me and Lori's in church somewhere wherever we go. But from my home church, something good happens. Makes me wonder. Oh, you should saw it. Well, that's basically what these... Jews are saying, man, you should have been in the synagogue today. See that fellow over there? He was crying out all kinds of stuff, trying to interrupt Jesus, and Jesus said, shut up. I command you, come out of him. Yeah, you better believe you know who I am. Because I have dominion over all things. Creation, humanity, everything. Because I am enough said. You see, he has authority. And I stand before you in close. He has authority if you come to him to forgive and cleanse you from every stain of sin. Notice, he has that authority. You don't have it. I don't have it. He forgives. And the good thing is, when he forgives, he forgets. As far as the east is to the west, your sins will I remember no more. I'm thankful. My Slate is clean. Before I got saved, boy, did I have a lot to answer for. But my slate's been cleaned. Not because I deserve it, but because he loves me. And he paid the debt I owed. The penalty for my sin. He did the same thing for you if if you know Christ as your Savior. So, This is just the beginning of the Lord's ministry. 
I'm here to tell you. The next time you hear someone spouting off about the Savior, me and Lori saw a program the other night, made us both so mad. This was a rabbi making fun of Jesus and the Word of God. He was making fun. He said, this is just a book of stories. There's nothing to that book. And you Christians that follow that, take that to heart, y'all ain't writing them your minds. Me and Lloyd just looked at each other and said, boy, I tell you, one of these days, every word he said, he's going to give an account to God for. That's right, brother. Again, he has authority. Remember who he is. And again, because you know him, you are to be compelled to want to know more about him in studying the word of God. You should be compelled to want to come to God's house to be with his people when the doors are open. Amen? Because he gets the glory in the church. So are you here today and you don't know the Savior? You're not sure if you know the Savior? You've never experienced Christ as far as inviting him into your heart to be your Savior? I would encourage you to do that now. May I also say that life is awful short. Don't gamble with eternity. The Lord wants you prepared for tomorrow. So give your heart to the Lord. I know the devil, one of his biggest tricks is trying to get you to put it off. He wants to hinder you in your decision for Jesus. Oh, you got plenty of time. Put it off. You don't know what is ahead of us. We could be going out those doors, and it could be the last thing that we do. So if you're here and you've never trusted Christ, I urge you to come. If you're here today, and maybe your walk isn't what it once was, you can make things right with the Lord. You can rededicate yourself to serving Him. But make sure you know the Lord. Make sure. There's a difference between rededication and salvation, y'all. Make sure you know. Maybe you're here this morning. You just haven't shared Christ with your neighbor or your co-worker or with your family. You say, well, I don't know what to say. I'm not good at... Listen, the Holy Spirit will give you the words. Just tell them what Jesus did for you. That's what I do. That's how I witness to people. Hey, can you believe you were talking to the biggest drunk in Garland County, Arkansas? But you know what? I met a man. name was Jesus and not had a drop since been delivered out of that bondage he saved me he called me to preach his gospel and I tell you what I'm living the life I would rather even if this wasn't true it is but even if it wasn't I'd much rather live the life I'm living now than what I was doing before I come to the saving knowledge of Christ. Greatest life there is. And again, I want to reiterate, because some of you are going, listen, it is true. He 
created the heavens and the earth. He breathed into us what? Our nostrils, the breath of life. We are created after his image. Yes, we are sinners by nature because of Adam and Eve. And because of that sin, he had to send his son into the world to pay the penalty for our sins that we might be reconciled to God. It's true. And here's the icing on the cake. Not only am I reconciled to God and accepted by God the Father, but also I've been forgiven, cleansed, and I'm going to heaven. Yeah, it's true. So why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't anyone want that? The devil has done a good job of blinding people's eyes and their hearts and their minds. Why do you think he wants us to share the light? The world's in darkness. We are the light. He expects us to share the light. Why? Because the world's in darkness. But praise God, the light of Christ dispels all darkness. Amen? So, what do you need this morning? Lord knows your heart. He knows your need. If there's a need, whatever it may be, you can come to the Lord. He can meet that need. Why? Because he has authority and dominion. Amen.